You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I'm Josh Barker, and this is The Policy Corner. Today, we're going to take a look at H.R. 1332, the 32-hour Workweek Act. Introduced by Democrat Representative Mark Tucano from California, the bill would seek to amend the Fair Labor Standards Act of 1938 and move the United States towards a shorter work week. Currently, the Fair Labor Standards Act of 1938 limits the work week to 40 hours, requiring overtime pay for any hours in excess of that 40-hour limit. This bill would gradually reduce that from 40 hours to 32 hours. The first year would reduce the work week to 38 hours, the second year to 36, the third year to 34, and by the fourth year and every subsequent year, it would be 32 hours. This incremental implementation is exactly how the Fair Labor Standards Act was amended in 1966, moving from 44 hours in the first year to 40 hours by the third year. Under the new policy, overtime payment would remain one and a half times the employee's regular hourly rate. The bill also inserts provisions regarding the length of each day. If an employee works more than eight hours in a single day, they must receive overtime, which is one and a half times their hourly rate. If they work over 12 hours, they must receive overtime, which is double the regular hourly rate. It's important to note that not all employees are covered by the section of law. The Federal Department of Labor outlined six exceptions, most of which apply to salaried employees making over $684 per week. These exceptions are already part of existing overtime rules. The executive exemption, for example, applies to salaried executives who manage other employees in a department or division of the business. The administrative exception applies to employees who do office work related to management. The computer employee exemption applies to programmers, software engineers, and computer system analysts. Highly compensated employees making over $107,000 per year performing office work and non-manual labor are exempt as well. Finally, the outside sales exemption applies to an employee whose primary duty is to make sales and conduct their work away from their employer's place of business. So while there would be exceptions, those exceptions that still apply, the changes in law would apply to a large amount of the American labor force. Now, once a 32-hour work week is achieved, this could be done in several ways. By reducing the number of hours in each workday from eight hours to six and a half hours, five days a week. Or, on the other hand, it could reduce the number of workdays from five to four, each remaining eight hours long. Andrew Barnes, the founder of Four-Day Week Global, advocating for this policy, highlighted past studies that have shown that this could be feasible. Employees love it, and productivity, believe it or not, actually goes up. And employees that are healthier, happier, more engaged, are more productive. And I think that runs to the heart of the whole of the trial. Joe O'Connor, director of the Work Time Reduction Center for Excellence, argues that a four-day work week is a strong possibility. What I'm arguing is that most companies today who operate on a five-day, nine-to-five basis could move to a four-day week without necessarily needing to increase headcount and without necessarily damaging on their business performance, priorities, or productivity. When they attack inefficiencies like overlong and unnecessary meetings, distractions in the workday, processes that are outdated or inefficient, and poor use of technology, that they can go a long way to offering a shorter work week to their employees without undermining the bottom line. However, not everyone agrees. Daniel Hammermesh is an economist at the University of Texas at Austin. He argues that there are trade-offs and that many businesses, especially those who are subject to the Fair Labor Standards Act, are simply not able to operate as flexibly. 
It depends on people's preferences. Some people might be willing to take a, let's say, 5 or 8% cut in income to have an extra 20% of leisure time. But the point is that there are a lot of industries, as Joe would acknowledge, where this doesn't work. Manufacturing cars on an assembly line, which is the archetypal model we have, I don't see why working fewer hours is going to get any more and I think substantially less output. So I think all of this depends on what is appropriate. I doubt there are that many industries where, in fact, four days, eight hours a day will leave us as well off. He also points out that the broad overtime rules regarding the number of hours in a day could have negative consequences and adds that businesses are better equipped to respond to the nuances of their industry than Congress. In some industries, it's been very successful in hospitals for 12-hour days, three days a week. That's a full time. It accords very well with the demands of clients not to have the patient shifted from one one doctor to the next three times a day. That's all for now. Thanks for tuning in to Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM.